Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, we're talking about video games and everything happening in the industry, episode 138, as always I'm joined by Dom. It's Thursday, we're recording this, and it's just tomorrow, Friday, that we'll all have our hands on Sekiro. Shout and out that's to great Dom. Well, actually this evening I'll have my hands all up on it. I mean literally it will be tomorrow, <laughs> but, but whatever. Well, not it's for me because I get it at PM Central, and ten for me. Oh, really? That's yeah. how that works. So Jared, yeah. Jared, and I will be playing it tonight, today. Wow, I didn't know that. That's how that works. Shit. So like, video games revolve around Eastern Time, apparently. Exactly. I get. Yeah, wow. I get. Well, for they the United States, yeah. So I oh. get it at ten PM technically, which is I get the best. Well, not yeah. the best if we lived in California or whatever. We'd have it the best. So technically, it's an hour later if you like were able to go to a GameStop or whatever, and then also you have to exactly. like, get home. You don't have it installed. You don't have the day one update. Yada yada yada. You buy it digitally, you get it before. Like here, I could buy it digitally, play it two hours before going to a midnight release. So it's cool. Um, speaking of uh, cool, Jordan's also joining us this week, as always. Swish swish. It's time for March Madness. Wow. <laughs> True uh, fan. So last week we, we we switched it up when we had you guys go before I did. Because normally I'm the one that goes first. And I liked that. Uh, so I think last week we started with Dom. So this week we'll start with Jordan. What have you been playing, Jordan? Oh, we. Guess. Nothing. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I had gone this far and I thought, you know what? I've got some other things that are... <clears throat> popping up some other fun opportunities. I'll just go with that and uh, continue this little streak I got going and then kind of just really try to give myself as much of a blank slate for Sekido this evening um, as I possibly can. So, yeah, basically I'm hoping that I've cleansed my palate and the disappointing... Uh, misadventures of earlier in 2019 aren't going to get me down uh, for this Samurai game from 2019's uh, been great from man. software it's been a bumpy ride it's been a depends bumpy on what ride. path you chose I play. <laughs> right exactly <laughs> I live in the darkest timeline <laughs> living in the darkest timeline I chose not to play the horror game Resident Evil 2 oddly enough I'm sure I'll get around to it because it definitely looks great but yeah, it's uh, it's a hard knock life, Dom, and and I'm glad that you chose the proper path, um, but you know I had to explore the forbidden forest, unfortunately. Ooh, nice, <laughs> nice, like, uh, nice. Uh, what, what's the word I'm talking of? Um, you know, alliteration. Transition? Not not alliteration, but like metaphor. Visualizing. Oh man, that's gonna kill me. It's been a long time since I took an English class, guys. Sorry. Never mind. Um, <laughs> anyway, bringing, making your words visual. There's a word for that, a phrase, a term. Now I'm trying to think of it. God damn it. Whatever. We'll come back to it, Jared. What have yeah. you been playing? I want to go. Wait, I want to go well, last. Well, I've still I think been doing Jordan's not things. finished technically. <laughs> no, that was it. Yeah, you're done. Um, Time's up. I still want to. I still want to shout out the game over Greggy show because I've honestly just kind of been binging that. Oh yeah, playing music underneath it, um, like listening to Spotify or whatever. So um, I'm like 
more than 30 episodes in at this point and it's so interesting man like just seeing time capsules way, it's weird yeah exactly time capsules seeing the way certain things play out and certain statements that get made that end up not being the case in the end and uh, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff there so there's that and then when you're listening to that give a sh- when you're listening to that, do you just get the vibe that this is a group of guys that are one day going to buy a football team? Well, they didn't buy it, technically. There was no financial... Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the hell it is, it's weird, but you get where yeah. I'm going. Buy a football team? Oh, there was an announcement. Yeah, they're, they're they, kind of funny now owns a team in this fan league where fans get to pick the plays that these football teams run. It's a whole thing. It's, but they, yeah, didn't, it's they didn't buy the team. Okay. Basically, the guy who runs the league is a big fan of Kind of Funny. He saw an opportunity. They created a partnership. So Kind of Funny doesn't have any financial backing in the team, but they run the team, if that makes sense. They're like the, the main owner of the team and the sponsor, but they ha- had no financial. Uh... So we are now playing Madden no in real life. And the number, it seems like the top voted name right now for the team is Milk Mommies. <laughs> so that's going to be great. Oh, my favorite. Anyway. I didn't catch that. Um, number so two is Wild Aces, which is pretty cool. Anyways. Uh, there's that. And I want to give a, a shout out to some music, uh, which is not something we oh. usually talk about on this show. Been going through a lot of uh, big 90s phase, you could say. And. Um, course that involves a lot of grunge certainly some pearl jam um been enjoying that been getting into Soundgarden because i uh, i hadn't given that too much of a try dude Soundgarden's fucking awesome man um i talked a little bit about that but uh loving loving stuff like that um you know there's more obscure stuff or more indie stuff um you know there's garbage and hole and all kinds of grunge bands, so um, <clears throat> just just giving it a try, and and not even giving it a try. I already like a lot of that stuff, but um, going a little bit deeper with it and giving uh, bands that I hadn't listened to before a try. So um, yeah, music, man, music's fucking cool, and like I said, don't don't give it enough shout outs on this show, so. Um, Huge shout out to music. <laughs> nice, just music. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Uh, Dom, what have you been playing? So while we're on that note, I'll I'll give a shout out to music as well. Something that shout I never out. even considered ever in my life. I found this playlist, and actually, there's several different variations of this playlist on Spotify called like Lo-Fi Beats. Oh yeah, it's big yeah. on YouTube. It's huge on oh, YouTube. Oh man, I didn't even realize that this stuff existed or was used in the way that I've been using it, and it is just—it's fantastic. Like when I'm working, I'll just keep that on if I need to concentrate. It's basically—I don't know how to explain it. It's just really like kind of uh, no lyrics or whatever, totally instrumental, kind of like calm, melodic, interesting yeah. beats that you might hear in like a. I don't even know where you where you might hear it, but it just sounds like something you can imagine hearing in like a like a coffee shop, maybe not even the that. world's coolest elevator. Yeah, like a futuristic <laughs> elevator with like a slight hip hop vibe. I don't know. It's just shout out music. Anyway, um, real quick while we're shouting out music, since we've been talking up uh, Sekido, what do we think the music situation is going to be? Because in Bloodborne. It's only during boss battles, really. That's and like, 
I guess cutscenes, but there's barely any cutscenes. So outside of boss battles, it's really just the sound effects that you're hearing. I think it'll be the same in Sekiro. I think the boss battles, in terms of sound design, I think it'll have a, like a heavy emphasis on uh, like drums. Yeah, okay. like a like a, a build up of, of drums. You know what I mean? Like doof 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 doof, doof something like that. Yeah, like there's obviously a big Asian influence here, whereas Bloodborne has a English Victorian influence. So that's it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, what have you been playing, Dom? Outside of just listening to so music? yeah, other than music, uh, I've been playing. I, I played a whole mess of Shadow of the Colossus on PS4. Um, that game. I want to. I want to carefully word this. <clears throat> that game is somehow so excellent and so beautiful and, and incredible <clears throat> but the camera the camera controls in that game take it from you know what should be like a 9 9.5 down to like a 6 or something it is that bad Jesus Christ. the worst camera I've ever experienced in a video game You're talking ever. about PS4 remake version. yes it is so bad and so frustrating that it I'm not going to say it ruins the game but it just cripples what should be like an amazing game. Um, so starting with the good stuff, though, best fur and hair you'll ever see in a video game ever, hands down. Nice. Um. <laughs> Dom, also, you're not going to hear a protest from me because you know how I'm like, one thing can easily ruin a fucking game, and I, I can yeah. totally back that. And sometimes maybe I'm more tolerant of like one thing than Jordan, but like, but this is bad. It's bad. Because what else is good about this game is um, the world is – Jared, you might not like this because the world is kind of like Breath of the Wild where it's really big and beautiful. But there's actually not much of anything, you know, yeah. people and population-wise. It's just kind of barren. Um, so there's that. But the the bosses that you fight, which is all you fight, they're just – when you first are introduced to them, it's, it's incredible. Like each one is – save for a few of them. Like they're just like enormous. Like they live up to the term colossi. Colossus, singular. Um, it just so just like being up against them is just like it feels like a couple of the Dark Souls bosses the first time you see them where you're just like oh shit like that thing is is a literal tower where do I even begin? Um, and then it's like a puzzle to figure out how to actually climb atop them and figure out where their weak points are and that's all really interesting. Um, but the coolest thing about this game is hanging like the feeling of when you are climbing on one of these guys. The feeling of holding onto the grip button and like fighting for your life, so while it's trying to swing you off of it, it's just like never before. Like you know that age old joke about like when you push the button harder, you think it like has more of an effect or something. When it's like yeah. just the same button push, yeah. And that, like the, <clears throat> this evokes the strongest feeling of that I've ever had in a game of like holy shit! Like you're holding down the trigger, which is your grip button, as hard as you possibly can. Well, that like these giant monsters are just like thrusting and whipping their heads around and trying to swing you off and so like trying to traverse them while that's going on is just it's so enthralling it's it's really a bizarre feeling that i i don't know that i've ever felt in a game before so it's, it's super cool um but the camera being as bad as it is when that's going on is <laughs> infinitely frustrating i i could i could bitch about it all day it's it is that bad of a camera um and i've I have one Colossi left out of 16, so I'm just about done with the game. And it's taken me this long to where, like, I can mostly manage the camera to where it doesn't kill me and, you know, cause me to fall all the time. 
So yeah. I can like just barely manage to deal with it at this point. Um, the it's the it's crazy thing problem. is, so that game is such a novel concept, and it's actually something I'm surprised wasn't copied and pasted more like through the generations. Like mm-hmm. the the idea of like just fighting these giant monsters, and to your point, like though it has an uh, an empty world, I think that makes up for it when you have these big battles with these giant colossi. Yeah, and yeah. from a, a developer standpoint, I'm pr- pretty sure that was necessary back in the day that the world kind of had to be empty so that way the monsters yep. could function properly i could see I just, that yeah i just wish there was more games like that nowadays like where you're fighting these these monsters that are just like indescribably large like they don't yeah. even all fit on yeah. one screen and exactly. to your point with that kind of game the camera is kind of important if you're fighting oh. something you can't completely see at once the camera kind of needs to be on point so you can maneuver it you know it's so bad. Even just like riding your horse around the world, the camera, what basically what it tries to do is you control it with the right analog stick like you would any game, but the camera is constantly trying to, I don't know, like be smart and it just moves on its own all the time. So yeah. you'll move it one way and it thinks like, oh, well, no, that's not what you want. And it'll automatically move it back the other way or up or down in some or some ungodbenos direction. And you're like, what, why in the fuck would I want to look up at the sky when I'm riding my horse down a narrow path? I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. It's bad, but the game is, it's really cool overall. And the, the story premise, uh, there's not really much to it, but it is super, super engaging. I'm anxious to see how it ends, to be honest. Um, it's a really simple story, but like, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. You probably heard about it already. It's kind of, you're trying to revive your, I don't know, sister, girlfriend, wife, whatever it is. Mother, probably not. Cause Wait, she's not that old. Do but... you not know the spoiler for this game? No, I have no idea what happened. I don't, so don't know either. Me. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. But all I know is like you have to kind That's of hilarious. seek out and uh, never before in a game. But if you think about it, most games you're kind of just everything you kill. You're kind of like, did I really need to do that? You don't ever ask yourself that in most other games. But this game like sets everything up to where like you kind of like question like, do I really need to go and hunt these things? Like they're it's kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the music that plays like when they fall is like, oh damn, what did I do? Like it just it's like screwing with you. And most other games, it's kind of like triumphant when you kill something um but uh, Wait. yeah okay um okay so yeah don't spoil it for me I'll, I'll be done in like it can take me probably another half well, hour or less it's just weird that you say that halfway through the game what you just said like you're but, recognizing things yeah i mean it i've heard like a lot tipping, about it, it seems like they're tipping their hat more than the original did well, I think it's oh. just he's heard about it, and I think subconsciously yeah. he's taking in some of that information of people feeling bad about right. killing them. Not necessarily the spoiler at the end of the game that makes that all make sense. If that makes yeah, sense. So I, yeah, so I don't think I've had it. Fu- I don't think I've had it fully spoiled, but like, yeah, I've listened to a review that said like, yeah, you kind of question why you're killing these things, and so, so maybe a little bit of pre supposition. Oh, well, then, yeah, I, I haven't like beaten the game. I don't know necessarily the complete connection, but I do know you guys. I think we're on the same page. We we all know that like. They're not bad. The colossi oh, aren't yeah. like evil creatures. Mm-hmm. You kind of end up feeling. I don't know if like you're necessarily an evil character, like attacking them, but you end up feeling like sort of like a villain at the end of the original game. Is how I always uh, understood it, because they're not like I said, evil creatures. They might even be um, like good or positive in a way. So, which is yeah, funny because I, I have some guesses. As to what the, will happen. The only other game I kind of can remember 
doing the same kind of concept as the like the main through line through the narrative is Spec Ops the line. So it's cool to see like right. one's a very artistic approach to that and one's a, a very military approach to that same kind of concept. So Yeah. It's it's a super interesting game. I mean I'm glad I I got it super cheap on like a PSN sale, so I'm glad I grabbed it and, and playing through it despite its one so major glaring flaw that I can't even comprehend and it's frustrating. You know, there's there's hard games like Dark Souls that are hard, just I don't know, but fair. But this is like just <laughs> But they're stupid. designed to be hard. Yeah, this is. I don't understand the design choice behind it. I don't get it. It's just bad. I'm not saying you didn't do this because obviously you know what you're doing when you play video games. But there wasn't like a an auto focus camera option you can turn off in like the settings or anything. God, I hope not. Because I'm almost <laughs> oh, done. Dumb. I'm not saying there is one. I'm just asking if there is. You know, who knows? Um, that actually makes a lot of sense that there would be. So <laughs> you wouldn't check the settings if you're pissed off about this. No, I mean, there's hardly anything in the settings, so I don't, I don't know, man. It's an old game. I can see, like, Remake, they just, like, updated the graphics. It's like, it is right. what it is. I get it. Yeah, sorry for posing that question. <laughs> Shit. Well, uh, it's better that you did, then I wouldn't sound quite as ignorant right now. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah. Shitting on this game for something that I just had to flip a switch for. But there anyway, was somebody who reviewed a game cool recently, game. and, like, they did... I, I, it's a, there was, like, a thing that they didn't know you could do in the settings. I think it was for, like, RE2 or something. And they reviewed the game, and they were like, uh, I don't remember what the exact feature was, but it's, like, it's disappointing that this game doesn't allow you to do X. And then everyone, like, just, man, roasted him in the comments. They're like, did you ever push start at any point in the game? <laughs> it was bad. They had to take down the review and re-review it. Not Roasting good. them buns. Uh, besides that, was there anything else you played? Or is that pretty much the bulk of your... That's that was it. I mean, I've been playing a lot of it. Cause um, I've been, and I've been engrossed in it. It's Oh, that's that was the last thing. There's barely any HUD. There's just like one little health bar that only comes up while you're fighting. Yeah. Or in a position to lose health. And otherwise, there's no HUD. So it's super immersive in that sense, which I appreciated. But That's also that's Team Eco's probably it. their easily their best game. You know, Last Guardian somehow won Easy Allies Game of the Year. But that game had a lot of issues. Eco is like, people like it, but it's not as revered as Shadow of the Colossus. Like, people love Shadow of the Colossus. Um, right. Speak, you were speaking of the lo-fi, listening to it when you work. Have you guys ever, like, used white noise when you're working or stuff like that? No, they already pumped that oh, really? in my office anyway. So, not really. whenever I am writing or doing any kind of work, I put on white noise on my headphones on, like, a YouTube video. Like, 10 hours of white noise or whatever. And it's crazy because you s- lose focus of everything around you which is good and you f- I'm working 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 you know smashing keys a lot a lot a lot I finish and then the moment you stop the white noise it is the weirdest thing because then you suddenly hear all of your surroundings you're like whoa yeah. that was weird you yep. just, it's like a weird daydreaming type of experience it's it's, it's very odd deprivation thing yeah I also one uh, of my other favorite things to listen to when I'm, I need to concentrate is thunderstorms Put on like a ten-hour thunderstorm uh, thing, and then just work through that. I just love the sound. That sounds yeah, like a I was good idea. Say, I've used uh, like binaural stuff before. Yeah. You find on YouTube where it's like different frequencies that uh, help try to kind of align your brain to focus. So. Uh, in terms of what I've been playing, I have some positive news and I have some negative news. <laughs> Here we go. I'll go with the negative news first. I just don't feel like playing Kingdom Hearts three right now. I've just know, come to that right? realization. Like, so this week I actually picked up the controller, 
And like I said, I was ha about halfway through the Tangled World. It's not a very long world. Um, and I picked it up, and I was getting ready to play, and I was at the main menu. And I was just like, I don't feel like playing this, you know? I just Damn, don't. Damn, you even, like, booted the game yeah. up, bro. I booted it up. I was sitting there getting ready, you know, had my headset on. And I was just like, wow. I don't feel like playing this. So instead of, wow. like, slogging through an experience I don't want to go through right now, like, I do want to finish Kingdom Hearts 3, but I don't want to play it and, like, resent the experience. Um, sure. So instead of doing that, I just was like, I'm not going to play that. Um, that day specifically, I decided instead to watch Triple Frontier on Netflix, the new action movie. Um, yeah. I liked it. I was telling Dom. It's not like, I don't think it's the greatest movie ever. I think the the narrative in the movie is like, eh, whatever. But the acting performances are really solid. Like the cast, you know, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Ben Affleck, Pedro Pascal, who I absolutely adore. They're interpersonal relationships in the movie and uh their acting between one another is really good they kind of just their performances with one another carry the film it's not a bad movie but it's not like you know 10 out of 10 9.5 it's it's a good action movie but i think the acting carries a majority of it um i enjoyed my time with it though i recommend it if you're into just like a want to watch an an action movie with some good acting um don't watch anything with Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Not. Um, I think I found a Transformer. The other hey, thing... Why has this guy got a problem with me? He doesn't want to watch my movies. I started watching Hunter x Hunter as well, because I had heard that if you're somebody who likes Dragon Ball or Pokemon, that Hunter x Hunter is like an anime that you'll probably enjoy. And I am enjoying oh, yeah. it. Uh, I'm only like six episodes in. There's this YouTube channel that I watch that they do watch-alongs to stuff. And they recently started Hunter x Hunter, which gave me the idea to start it. So I'm kind of watching with them on a week-to-week -week basis. I'm only like six episodes in. Really liking it. Um, almost finished. Pudge so you watch their... Explain how you do this. So I watch, I watch episode one. Then they upload them reacting to episode one but it's only like 10 minutes so it's not like the whole episode it's just like highlights and then at the end of that they just discuss the episode with one another like what they think is happening in the story character connections like they just talk about it you know what i mean so it's kind of like watching through a series with with friends or whatever but on youtube and they're pretty short videos like 15 minutes um it gives me a reason it gives me an additional reason to get into a show and especially somebody like me we've talked about i'm not like a super tv movie guy so the extra of like, oh yeah, this is another reason to watch it because it's these personalities I like also watching it. So um, I'm also almost done with Punisher season two. It's a lot slower than oh. season one. Uh, I don't like it as much as season one, but it's still good. I don't I don't think it's bad. It's still with all of the Netflix shows. I think it's still in the top half, but it doesn't beat any of the Daredevil seasons or Punisher season one for me. Um, I think I'm abandoning Marvel Netflix. That's fine. I completely understand that, especially with the news I, today I, that they're I'm auctioning like off. Over it. They're auctioning off all of the costumes and stuff from the shows. Zero chance of them coming oh, back. Gee, wow. Um, wow. I think it's Netflix auctioning them off. I don't know if it's Marvel. I didn't look into it. Um, I'm also I'm a, an episode an episode behind on Walking Dead. I don't really want to get into that too much. Oh, oh, watch the latest one, man. Whew. I know. I need to. Uh. Guys, okay, uh, all right, you brought it up, Jared. Don't spoil anything. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, I really can't handle fucking Alpha. Let's see, I'm a few <laughs> episodes behind, so I'm like, 
I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys. Like, the first couple episodes with Alpha is, like, ridiculously bad. She's awful. It's, like, miscasting like I've never seen before. She's, like, the least intimidating thing I've ever seen. And it's, it's really, really rough for me, man. And, like, even what she's doing with her Whisperer clan is kind of stupid. You guys have seen the episode where they come up to the gates at Hill, Hilltop and uh, the deaf chick is in the cornfields out front. Yeah. And that whole situation that goes down, first of all, I just think it's like poorly written and directed and like just that whole sequence and scene was just dumb, I thought. I was like, why? This is not... Uh, to me, it was not portraying what they were trying to get across of like the intimidation factor and like really showing how the whispers control a herd in um, the comics which is tough because that would take you know budget to show a lot of zombies or whatever but so far I've just been really disappointed with the whispers and alpha and um, like I said I've got several episodes to catch up on probably three ish but uh, very disappointing Sorry, sorry to bring the vibe down, but I I just had to say like I can't I can't believe it. It's so cool in the comics, and this is just once again like I was finally, I really thought we might get back on the right track with the show, and like they wouldn't be, just mucking so much stuff up, and and where I'm currently at, I can't say that that's the case. So that's upsetting. Um. So I also played Trials Fu- uh, Trials Rising. I said last week that uh, my goal in finishing the game, because I can play this forever with the user-created levels and all that stuff, I would be finished with this game when I reached level 100 and I beat Inferno 5, right? I got a gold on Inferno 5. I did that, so congratulations to me. Clap, 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 clap. Really cool. Um, In terms of it comparing to previous games Inferno maps, this is easily the hardest one. So, for those not familiar with Trials, there's easy, medium, hard, extreme tracks, right? Then over the last couple of games, they've introduced Ninja Tracks. Now, Ninja Tracks were originally user-created levels that were extreme difficulty, right? Like, harder than extreme difficulty. And there was this community of people trying to finish these Ninja Tracks that are, like, absurdly difficult. Require these, these, uh gameplay mechanics that are beyond me, somebody who's played so much of Trials. They introduced it into the core experience, and after you beat Inferno 5 and get gold on all of the extreme maps, uh, you unlock ninja tracks. And they're uh, belts, uh, like martial arts belts, right? So first one is uh, white, white belt ninja track. There's an achievement for beating it. I beat it somehow. <laughs> so, Damn. Uh, it's very easy in terms of ninja tracks. It's like a, a smidge. It, like, if Extreme was 10.0 uh, and uh, Ninja was 11.0, this is like a 10.1. You know what I mean? It's like slightly above a, an Extreme track. Um, mm-hmm. So, I finished all of that. I reached level 100. Uh, there was another achievement in the game to finish an Extreme track with zero faulting. <laughs> I at this point, you're just beating the absolute tar out of this game, like. But I mean, I'm I'm probably in the top like five percent of people who play this game, but I'm nowhere near Whoa! like the top two to one percent. You should see some of the stuff these guys. Sharon's going ML motherfucking G, Dom. 
I no, I'm not that good. There's you should see some people. It's ridiculous. They play the game Dude, way too it much. It would be cool if he's just like, guys, I'm sorry, I gotta go do my own trials YouTube channel now. <laughs> or he's like Twitch streaming. He's like, check out, I've got T-shirts going, guys. I'm a big Twitch streamer okay. now. Uh, I'm part of Cloud Nine now. Um, so zero faulting means you don't crash on the levels, and obviously the extreme levels. A lot of them are designed in a way that you can't really run. Um, obstacles back to back it's kind of like you complete one and you either fault or you pause and then set up for the next one right there's not like a clear so, through line that's like the essence of trials right is trying not to crash your bike because you're doing all these flipsy doos and whipsy whirls so, and crazy whatnots, right the progression throughout the game starting from easy all the way to extreme your initial thing is complete the levels right then it's get a better medal than you did before. So if you finish the bronze, then get a silver. Then it progresses to try to get golds on the levels. Then it progresses to try to do it in as le- as as few many faults as you can, right? As least. Yeah. As few? Yeah. Um, is Trials... Sorry, this is a small tangent. Is Trials... I remember the original The Dark Souls of, of these games. Bikes Platformers. Yeah, is it the... Because there was a Flash game. Do you guys remember the Flash games where you're on the bike and you're trying not to crash the bike? It, yes, it's it's from that. Ramps. Yeah. So I'm wondering if... I can't remember what other like games they were, what they were called or whatever, but I feel like... I know obviously Trials has been around forever. There's also real-life sport where people do this. I, they're on motorbikes and they go over these weird obstacles no where they have to jump... I'll link you a video after we're done. I swear to God, it's a real sport, dude. Trials in real life. It's not labeled as Trials, right? But it's called, like, Moto, Moto X Infinity or some crap. Speaking of, do you guys... Have you seen... Dom, you'll be interested in this. The uh, ice skating races? Like, downhill ice skating races? Oh, yeah. That shit's no, terrifying. what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I needed I to include downhill. Because I just said ice skating races. You're like, yeah, right. I've seen people like speed skating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the downhill ones where it's like they're going ultra fast and they're like, it's basically hockey, dude, because they're in hockey gear and they kind of like hit each other like it's hockey. Yeah. They'll like bump each other and shit. That's a solid. That's fucking scary. That's, yeah, I yeah. And then they go down. That. It's basically almost like if you could imagine like a little trials thing, but on ice where they're going over like ramps and like. Uh, like you know, sharp turns and stuff, like big curves and all that. So it's like, it's wild. Dude. Well, it's like that sounds like snowboarding or skiing, except you're not on soft snow. You're on hard right, ice on and ice. you have blades on your feet. Yeah. 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 No, I thank don't know you. about that. It's it's so funny. Like if you don't, I think if you don't play a sport, you're more you may be more terrified of stuff that happens in another sport. So obviously I played football my entire life. And you know, when people, somebody, a receiver comes across the middle and gets absolutely destroyed and their body stiffens Ooh. up, that terrifies people. It doesn't really like, obviously I don't want that to happen to me, but it doesn't scare me. What scares me is the very isolated incident. I saw of a hockey game where the dude got his throat cut. That was God, terrifying. <laughs> Just the um, idea of somebody yeah. cutting your... Obviously, that will that never really happen. really happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that 0% chance. Far less right. likely than I'll the football thing. But, God, it's terrifying. I think it was a Louisville player from about 10 years ago that yep. shot a three-pointer and came down and his leg oh, broke. And yeah. Hanging, <sighs> Playing like, Michigan. Hanging there. No, 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 no. Listen, it's hanging there like mm. in an up, upside-down L-shape, capital mm-hmm. L-shape. And his bench, it's either his bench or the other bench, but he does it obviously right in front of one of the benches of teams, and they just freak the fuck out. I saw that. 
on live television when I was a kid, and I'll never, ever wipe that from my mind. Uh, I saw it too. Imagine eating chicken that day. (laughs) Imagine eating chicken wings while you see that happen, Jordan. I, I (laughs) swear to you, I was sitting there eating chicken wings, dude. I was, and I was watching Sports Center, and it came on, and I was just like. Well, I don't feel like eating chicken wings anymore. <laughs> just crack a yeah, bone and chicken wings. Probably yeah. just like pumping that through. Check out this awesome clip. Check out this kid ruin his athletic dreams. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we went on a bit of a tangent. So I think I'm I'm finished with Trials Rising in terms of me like focusing on it and playing it. Like I said, I finished Inferno 5. I zero fault an extreme track. I did everything I wanted to do. Dom, we're going to be like, oh, how did you like Sekudo, Jared? He's like, man, I... I, I wanted to, guys. I wanted to get around to it, but it's just this trials but thing. Speaking just... of speaking of the difficulty, though, I think it was a good primer for me because zero fault in an extreme track and finishing Inferno 5, it is a, a lot about you just hitting your head against the wall until you figure out the technique. Like, it's called Inferno. It sounds scary. <laughs> it is. Um, it, it, I, like I said before, I think it's not as good as Evolution or Fusion. I think it's still a very solid game. I'm interested to see what happens with the DLC, but it's Sekiro time, man. I I, I got to move on. It's it's Sekiro time now. Okay, so you are putting it down. Well, yeah, I'm I'm done. I've so I'll come back for DLC or like if they do if they announce that they're doing a really cool community playlists for tracks, but it's not mm. for the last couple of weeks. It was like come on every day and try to like beat some levels or get some medals or do some achievements. Sure it's long. not in that space right now for me. It's kind of I'm, okay. I'm past that, so the initial honeymoon phase is over. Uh, wow. <laughs> so let's hop into some news. We got a bunch of interesting stuff to talk about. Um, you know, normally we talk about MPDs the week they come out. There was a lot of stuff uh, with GDC and everything happening. We're gonna push the February MPDs to next week, and there's some interesting stuff regarding Anthem and Crackdown Three that we'll get to. Shout out to Matt Piscatella. Uh, who I want to bring him up later when we talk about sure, Stadia, because yeah. he replied to a tweet I had to one of his tweets. It was really funny. But uh, in terms of quickie news, so I know we're all here huge fans of Sonic. If there's one thing you can count on with controlled interests is that we're huge fans of Sonic. Oh, yeah, um, that blue hedgehog. <laughs> um, Sonic Team announces South by Southwest, which took place right before GDC, which is taking place right before PAX East, because they can't decide to split these things up. They all have to happen within the span of the same month. Um, they announced that the next Sonic major Sonic game is in development. So, does that mean, like, you know, Sonic Mania 2? Does that mean Sonic Colors or, like, a type of title like that? They said major. They didn't say mainline. I don't know if major indicates, like, a full console release, because... Mania came out on consoles. Weird wording, yeah. but I think they just want people to know, like, we're working on an actual new Sonic game. So we'll see what happens there. I wonder if it's going to coincide with the movie, because um, obviously we have the uh, the live uh, live animation yeah. uh, movie sure coming do. up. Sonic as a franchise is, and I didn't think I could ever say this, but it's in a weirder place than it's ever been before because it already got so weird. I didn't think it could get any darker. But you know, you know what Aaron Eckhart says about it getting darkest before the dawn. Jeez, so, <laughs> um, uh, this uh, this franchise is just like it's not even like weird. It's just the actual you know game or you know 
TV shows or whatever. It's just like with the Twitter account and the memes and the fan art and the jokes and it's a really weird cultural thing Sonic is, you know, cuz it's not as big it's as like, Mario, but it's still recognizable icon. It's it's weird. And the jokes on itself with the meme culture has gotten meta and like it's it's very weird. My one saving yeah. grace for the movie is that apparently Chris Pratt's supposed to be in it. Uh, I like Chris Pratt a lot. Obviously, everything he does isn't gold, but I'm sure. interested in it because of that. Um, the next bit of news is something... I, I also played Apex Legends this week, but I figured I wouldn't focus on that at the beginning of the show so I could touch on it here. And uh, Respawn launched the Season 1 Battle Pass, um, which included a new legend, Octane. I played him. I'll give my impressions on him, too. But if you're familiar with Battle Pass, it's a thing that Fortnite introduced, and it basically gives longevity to Battle Royale. It's uh, The way it works for Fortnite and Apex Legends, for those who don't know, is it unlocks 100 levels of unlocks. And as you play the game, this is separate than the in-game levels of, like, you know, level 1, 2, 3, 4. They're battle pass levels. You're an XP at a higher rate, it seems like, from what I've played, than normal levels. And with each level you, you hit, you unlock new things, right? So gun skins, character skins. Um, the cool thing with the battle pass is that if you uh, if you play it enough and you level up enough, you'll earn enough in-game currency to buy the next battle pass without any money. So after your initial $10 purchase nice. of the battle pass, if you just play it, uh, uh, like if it's your main game you play, you'll never have to buy the battle pass again, which is really cool. Um, so, if, you know, for younger... That's how Fortnite works, right? Exactly. I was explaining, uh, Jordan, that this is... It's pretty much all based on the Fortnite model. Um... I'm enjoying it so far. The new legend, Octane, uh, his story is he has two metal legs, robot legs, and he lost them doing uh, an adrenaline, like, high-speed record. He's an adrenaline junkie. The cool thing is his character is actually based on a Titanfall 2 speedrunner who would, to get the world record, the 12 seconds on the initial training sequence in Titanfall 2, he uses grenade jumps. So the thought there is, you know, the grenade would blow off your legs. So there has been, um, from Respawn and such, that this character is based on that. It's a nice nod to the community, which is really cool. Um, That's fucking awesome. He's uh, he's uh, Spanish, so a lot of his catchphrases, catchphrases and stuff are in Spanish, which is really cool. Another part of the inclusion in this game, which is awesome. His ultimate is probably one of the more underpowered. It's one of the higher skill ceiling ultimate. So if a normal person is using his ultimate, and I'll explain what it is, it's not really effective, but if you have somebody who knows how to use it with the terrain, it can be highly effective. And he basically throws out a launch pad that you jump on, it's like a mini trampoline, and you jump on it, right, and you can travel in the air. Now it's not a huge jump to where you can start parachuting again, like at the beginning of the game, and it's not a small jump, it's somewhere in between there. So a lot of people have been complaining that they don't feel it's useful enough. That being said, I've seen highly skilled players that use it to quickly change team positions in an engagement. I've seen it used to like get away from a building in a certain scrum. People who know how to use it are great with it, right? It's just one of those high, high uh, skill cap type of ultimates. 
Um, but he's cool. He's really fun. One of his abilities, so the way the legends work, as I've told you guys before, they have a passive ability, they have an, a, a, a basic ability, and they have their ultimate, right? So his ultimate's a jump pad. His passive ability is he gains health over time if he's not being shot at. So he's a self-healer. So that already changes the meta of your team because that's one person that who necessarily doesn't need to pick up health items, right? His basic ability, he injects himself with this adrenaline shot that makes him run faster but causes him to lose 10 health or 5 health. So basically, in exchange to be able to run faster, he loses health, but then his passive lets him gain health. It's a really cool balanced character that's uh, for aggressive players. I'm not very aggressive or passive. I'm somewhere in between, so I don't know if I'll use him going forward. But uh, my first match with him, I got four kills, which was pretty dope. Um, the battle, the battle pass is solid. Uh, it's tough though because character skins don't mean as much in Apex because it's first person, right? To the individual, obviously your friends see your skins, but you don't see your own skins. So the um, gun skins are more important. And both of you played Destiny, right? I know you did, Jordan. I'm not sure uh -huh. if you did, Dom. Did you play Destiny? Yeah, the original. Yeah. Do you guys, and maybe you guys didn't, who knows, do you guys remember the gun called Galahorn that was a, uh, an exotic gun that had, like, a lion uh, thing on it? Like, yeah. carved it like a lion? So the... I saw this. My reference to that is this one random YouTube video of this kid freaking out. But when he gets that gun... But he's like whisper screaming because his mom's asleep in the next room, and he's on stream. It's fucking god. Hilarious. Oh my god! Uh, so the when you reach level 100, you get a, a skin for a gun that's kind of like that, but it's a dragon and it's like silver purpley. It's really dope. Damn. I just wanted to make that reference. You know, like oh, it's like a sculpture in a gun kind of thing. Um, there's some really cool stuff. Uh, the battle pass lasts three months. I would put money on it that Octane isn't the only legend that comes out. The cool thing is, uh, Octane wasn't part of the battle pass. Um, he could be per he you purchase everyone had to purchase him uh, with in-game currency or real money. But the in-game currency he costs just as much as any of the other legends because um, six of them were free. Two of them you had to purchase, and now he's a third one. And me as somebody who plays maybe three times a week for maybe an hour at most, and that's like. At the you know when I have the most free time, um, I was able to have to buy both of the other characters and buy him when the battle pass launched. So you think about the kids who are playing this every day, right, nonstop. It's sure. it's balanced well that it's like no biggie to purchase new characters. It doesn't feel like a stretch. The in-game economy is great. Um, the battle pass was ten bucks, so not too bad either. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't know if you guys have any questions about it. I think I pretty much covered everything, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to give an update because I know I'm pretty much the only one that's playing Apex Legends, and it's going to be a pretty big game like Fortnite was last year in terms of active discussion. So I figured I'd talk about it. Um, speaking of something that will be uh, in the conversation in June during E3, Bethesda has announced they are holding their E3 press conference. So don't fear, everybody. They are holding a conference. Uh, Sunday, June 9th at 5.30. Um, this is a very interesting conference because thanks to Anthem, people aren't really bashing. People have forgotten about Fallout 76 as the internet does. They're on to the next thing. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't need to address it during their E3 press conference, right? 
I'm very interested to see how they approach this. I, I'm somebody who, Fallout 76 had all of its issues. I'm not forgiving it for anything. Obviously, Dom, you've talked about it wasn't as bad as people said. You really enjoyed your time with it. I really think that Todd Howard is somebody who doesn't get the credit he deserves a lot of the time. Bethesda is often seen as the butt of the joke for some reason. Like, even before Fallout 76, which after that I understand, but before that, you know, the Skyrim joke, it's coming to everything, yada, yada, yada. I appreciate Todd Howard. I think he's just as important to the industry as Hideo Kojima. A lot of these other guys we talk about, it just, uh, he's, you know, part of the Bethesda joke, and it really bothers me. That being said, I do think, I have faith that he will address it in some way. If it's in a great way that we all are like, haha, they did that awesome, I don't know. Or if it's just in a pretentious way, I, I, I don't know. I do think they're going to address it, though, one way or another. Um, but we are going to see Doom Eternal, which is cool. Um, we got the tease of Starfield. I don't think, and you guys can, can tell me if you guys feel otherwise, I don't think we see the new Elder Scrolls this year. I think if we see any of Bethesda game studios, it'll be Starfield, right? Yeah, I agree. I think we get a yes, yeah. like a trailer for Starfield, um, not like you know one of those trailers with like gameplay, but it's you know really polished slices yeah. of small chunks of it within the cinematic trailer. But yeah, I don't think there's a uh, Elder Scrolls though. I think they don't even mention that shit. I think well, and then we still have uh, Elder Scrolls uh, Mobile, which hasn't come out yet Fun. too. Yeah, yep. Uh, which I'm actually really that. excited about because it looks really cool. Who knows if it lands, you know. And we also have uh, the Wolfenstein game. What is it? Uh, twin? No, two. Yeah, what is Young it? Blood. Young Blood. There you go. Because it's the twin daughters, I always think it's like something with that. Uh, you know, twin or twin two. Twin Blood. Um, yeah, so Bethesda's having a conference. The only one we have to hear about, uh, I guess Nintendo hasn't announced it either, but they're going to do a direct. Um, and I think in their in, in their last direct, didn't they say something about uh, this summer? Look forward to more announcements this summer or something? Who knows? Uh, but Ubisoft is the other third party that we're waiting to hear from, and it'd be surprising if they didn't. So E3 isn't going away. There are two press conferences we're not going to have, which sucks in terms of PlayStation. I don't know if anybody's too upset that EA isn't holding one, um, but... Yeah, <laughs> we'll it definitely feels kind of like less exciting, at least to me, because I'm like, now it's kind of like, I mean, I'm super. Microsoft is going to be, I mean, poised to be like by far the best conference, most interesting at least. Hopefully, they, yeah. <laughs> they seem they've been talking it up, so I assume like they got some crazy shit that they're about to blow our minds with. But then like, yeah, Ubisoft, I'm like, okay, pretty much we can almost for the most part guess exactly what they're going to show. EA was always like, man, eh, whatever. Even Bethesda now, we can pretty much predict what they're going to show, you know, with you know within a margin of error of like one or two games. But I don't know. It's but, not, uh, overall, the, it's not as exciting to me. The counter argument to that, though, is we could kind of predict what Sony was doing the last couple of years, unfortunately, too, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm not saying them not being to. there is good because I would like Sony <laughs> right. to be there, but I was just, you know, counter argument to what you're saying. Yeah. Last year, definitely, too. I mean, there was like. I think Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 2 was the only surprise, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're right. It was pretty much, yep, these are the three exclusives we knew about. Yeah, Control was a nice surprise. uh, I'm trying to think. Did we know about Control beforehand? We didn't know what Remedy's game was. You're right. We didn't know know what what it was. We knew they were going to be at Sony stage, but we had no idea what it was. You're right. But yeah, still overall, it was kind of like not 
crazy shocking. But it is worse that they're not there. I fully agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just because, like, I think if, you know, even if, like, EA, Bethesda, and Ubisoft all pulled out and it was still PlayStation, uh, Microsoft, Nintendo, I think that's still as exciting because those are the big three. Without Sony being there, I do think it's... The Sony not being there is way more important than EA not holding a conference. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on or you want to move on? Move on. You're good. Uh, so the Nindy Showcase happened. Uh, Nintendo talking about um, you know all of their indie games coming to the platform. It was really solid. I thought it was well-paced. Didn't have any like extreme announcements. I guess depending on who you are, if you're a huge fan of Zelda, we'll get to that. That was at the end of the show the end of the showcase. Um, the big announcement up front was Cuphead was coming to Switch um, via Microsoft. Studio MDHR said that, you know, thanks to our partners at Microsoft, it's coming over. It was announced that it's going to have Xbox Live support, which is awesome. People assumed that that meant achievement support, um, but that isn't the case. In an interview after the showcase, they made it clear that it, there won't be achievement support at launch. They're looking forward to adding it later, but you can still play Cuphead on your Switch. Uh, come April, which is really dope. Um, I already beat Cuphead on Xbox, and uh, I'll probably eventually get it. It's just not something I'm yearning for with all of the new indie games. And some of those that they talked about, Katana Zero, which I've mentioned on this podcast for, like, what, a year and a half now? Yeah. It's Dude, <laughs> been a long when time. I saw that one, that was the one. It has a release date, date, April 19th or 18th, I think. Uh, 18th. 18th. Super excited can't wait that game looks so awesome um yeah i've just been waiting for that game for so long um there were some games you Jared, i think i can stop asking you about games because it was uh hollow knight and katana zero maybe one other but i think i think i think those are all the games where i'm like jared where the fuck is this yeah. game at? <laughs> katana zero has been a while and katana zero i think was is being developed by two people i think it's pretty much one person and the other person handles music and stuff but uh, nice. can't wait. It's kind of like <coughs> maybe not in the actual like mechanic format, but it seems similar combat wise to uh, Dead Cells. Interesting. I see the parallel there. I I like the Where system. It's like quick paced hack and slash side scroller. Yeah, I I mean I love the stakes of it being one shot one kill and it rewinds the level. Um, I I think because the rewind is so fast and it gets you back in there right away. And that's a good way to alleviate the disappointment or stress from dying, right? But uh, it gives you an opportunity to re-strategize and approach a level in a new way. I just can't wait. Um, another game that was announced was Rad. Didn't necessarily um, do anything for me personally, but I know, Dom, it got you interested, right? Yeah, I don't know. It was cool. It was like a kind of 2D, 3D hybrid. To me, that's what it looked like. They called it 3D, but it still like felt like somewhat almost on a 2d kind of top it was like plane. isometric 2d yeah it was, yeah it was a weird split but then i don't know and then the art style looked cool to me but then the the, the core feature of the game which is basically there you're in a post-apocalyptic kind of world and there's different mutants that you encounter and you kind of can steal their traits kind of like you know like a kirby type of deal um and fallout actually does this also where if you get irradiated enough irradiated enough you'll get like new abilities but in fallout there's no physical manifestation them. yeah yeah and they're not as uh wild and crazy as the ones in this where like in this game it i'm i can't even think of an example like you could just grow a giant mutant crab arm that snaps shit or you know what i mean just dragon absolutely wings. Oh, nuts an arm. yeah definitely an arm 
just at like nutso <laughs> kind of mutation type thing. I don't know. It looked like it could be fun. So I think rad probably stands for like radiated adolescent destroyer or something like that, right? I just assumed it was rad, like short for radiation. I don't know. That makes well, sense I, too, though. Yeah, who knows? I was watching. I was like, is it is it an acronym for something? Um, I didn't really awesome dude. I think the Aww. gameplay looked fun, but for me, with especially with indie games, it has to have a good mix of aesthetic and gameplay for me to like get interested. And I just didn't feel the aesthetic personally. I thought the idea was cool, like you mutating, but it just didn't catch me enough. Something that did catch my attention, yours too, Dom, is the Red Lantern, which is essentially like yes. Alaska Watch. You know, it looks like Firewatch, but in Alaska. Balto the, the game. I did a rod. Uh, looks really interesting. Voice acting by Ashley Birch. Shout out to her. She's awesome. They showed a dog dying. A dog getting killed, rather. Not a dog dying. They showed a dog dying? They showed Savage a grizzly game. bear killing a wolf. Like, snapping its neck. Jordan. Brutally murdering. Um, one thing we talked about before the show, Dime, is we're not sure if it's, like, a survival game or an adventure game like Firewatch. Because, right. it like, towards the end of the trailer, it hinted at, like, some survival aspects. But who knows how much that's actually in the gameplay or if it's, like, the sense of survival. Who knows? We'll see. Um, there were some other indie games in there that we really enjoyed. I think there were 16 total. The one at the end was most surprising. Started with a trailer that looked like a sequel to Crypt of the Necrodancer. You know, rhythm-based uh, RPG. And, you know, it's from the creators of Crypt of the Necrodancer. Uh, you know, you see you see gameplay. looks like improved gameplay. looks like a sequel. And then the character's talking here. She's like, oh, I'm not alone this time. And up on the screen pops not only Link, but Zelda, which to me is even more surprising. Da, 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 da. And they're both playable characters in the game. The game's called Cadence of Hyrule. It is a Legend of Zelda game, technically. They people interview them, they're talking about it like, you know, it's not the main it's not mainline, obviously, but it is technically oh, a wait, Legend of Zelda. Wait, is it game. not called The Legend of Zelda Cadence of Hyrule? No, it's just called Cadence of Hyrule. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so what about, like, sure. Triforce Heroes? Is that called Legend of Zelda? I am, I don't think so. I'll do a quick Google search, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, Where does the Legend of Zelda line lie? I think... I think Link has to be the main character... The only playable character in the game. So, um... I could be talking on my ass, but that's my assumption. <laughs> Uh, Hyrule Warriors? It is called The Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. What about Hyrule Warriors? Well, Hyrule Warriors is is not... It's uh, the other thing. What is it called? Warriors Oroki? Yeah, it's just called... uh, The official name is Hyrule Warriors. It doesn't have Legend of Zelda in, in it. Right, right. So there are... There's precedent for this. But in the description, it says it brings the Legend of Zelda series to life in new ways. Who knows? All we need to know is that so, Cadence of Hyrule, you get to play as Link, you get to play as Zelda. Which, like I said... Where is does this occur in the Young Link timeline? Which was more surprising to me. I never played Crypt of the Necrodancer, but I heard great things. Um, a rhythm RPG sounds like a really cool genre uh, combination. Um... I'm I'm in the door barring like a, an absurd price point on the game, which I don't think it'll have. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm in day one on this one. It looks really cool. Yeah, me too. I, obviously, I like <clears throat> pretty much anything Zelda, but oh, wow. I, I'm excited to yeah 
use that as an excuse to try a new genre really yeah that's a this is a weird genre that i don't know and i don't know the first thing about so shout out to nintendo for letting an indie dev use their assets like use their ip right really cool like think yeah. ten years ago, would we imagine Nintendo letting an indie studio use Link and Zelda in a game? It's crazy. Well, I think they kind of do that. Name the last indie studio they, they gave their IP to. Well, the thing about Nintendo is they have a lot of stuff that they I think they do put their name on, and we don't know about them like we know. Sony's internal studios, and we know Microsoft's just built their stable up with all these new ones. We really don't have that um, kind of front row access to Nintendo's first party. So uh, when they do something like this, it's tough. Like you know, even second and third party, it's it's really tough thinking about that with Nintendo for me, at least. Yeah, but I mean, they're also not a Japanese developer, which is another thing on top of that, you know what I mean? I think the first major uh, use of this we saw was Ubisoft with uh, uh, the Rabbids, uh, what is it, Uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Hmm. and now this. But that's not an indie studio, that was a AAA studio, so it's really cool, really excited, cool new stuff. Two Zelda games in one year, awesome. I'm really excited for the... uh, uh, the oh, remake. Link's Awakening? Oh. Yeah. I've never played oh, the original. This officially... This game, though, has to officially dash any hopes of, like, a Majora's Mask or Breath of the Wild. Why is that? Anytime soon. Yeah. Oh, for this year, are you saying? Well, not for this year, but there's no way they're gonna put out all these Zelda games that quickly, I don't think. Well, this game is slated like for. Year. Well, this game is slated for summer, and Awakening is slated for the fall. So we're getting two games no matter what. Yeah, I I just don't feel like even if it's a 3D Zelda, I don't think you'll get one next year. I don't know. Maybe it seems like they might be just flooding you with them. Maybe. Well, yeah, I probably think, 21 or 22 will be the next. I mean, if there's exactly if they're smart, it's like a cadence of like Mario to Zelda back and forth. Um, hopefully we'll get a new Mario game next year. We'll see. I would love, you know, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah, they're giving you these 2D Zelda games. What about the Mario? Exactly. Like we got the Wii U port. Um, so we talked about Cuphead coming to Switch, which is a console exclusive coming to another platform. We had other news. You know, recently we had Quantic Dream who got uh, acquired by Tencent. We knew that they were probably going to have their games come to other platforms, and it was announced they struck a deal with the Epic Store. Uh, Detroit Become Human... Uh, dream. Uh, why do I keep saying dreams? Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls are all coming to the Epic Store. Um, no word on their older titles, but those three were specifically mentioned. So uh, I don't know if it's a huge loss for Sony. Honestly, I don't know if Detroit sold very well. Uh, it was a good game. Well, I don't think it's a loss for Sony. Their games are still going to come out on Sony platforms. Yeah, but you know how like fanboys are of like. The whole talk with Microsoft for the longest time was like, well, their games are also on PC, so they're technically not exclusive. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but they were second party. This isn't like exactly. Yeah. Sucker punch. To- That's what I'm saying. Is like Sony isn't have is not a major loss because of many different factors, like you said. Absolutely. Um, anything you want to say, Dom, about Quantic Dream? Maybe their work <laughs> environment. You want to go work there someday? Um, hey. <laughs> Uh, so, early, 
Would you be upset if I started photoshopping you penetrating Jesus. other individuals that we are friends with? With and a then sword? Sent it, and then sent it around the company we work for? Yeah, that would be a problem. God. Uh, Should I add a Nazi cap on top of your head? Oof. Good lord. Uh, anyways, moving on. So earlier we talked about... <laughs> quickly moving on. So earlier we talked about uh, Sekiro... And how I'm, I'm obviously done with Trials Rising. I can't wait. All of us can't wait for it. Um, I just want to mention real quick. Currently, it's sitting at a 92 on Open Critic. A hundred percent of reviewers uh, suggest you play the game, uh, and on uh, Metacritic, it's sitting at a 90. And uh, I think Open Critic has 21 reviews posted so far, and uh, Metacritic has 31 posted. So uh, I highly doubt this will drop below like an 87 or an 88. Who knows, it might, but these early reviews are awesome. And uh, uh, Just wait. Good. Jim Sterling will find a problem, and it'll get a 2 out of 10 or something. I think, kidding. yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, the surprising thing is that a lot of the stuff I've seen, I haven't read too much because I don't want to spoil myself for the game, but some of the stuff I have read is people aren't afraid to be like, oh, this game's difficult, but I didn't knock it because of the difficulty. That's one thing I was worried about. Whenever a new From game comes out, the salty reviewer that's playing it that's like, this game is too difficult to be reviewed. You know, that kind of feeling. Um, I'm glad... Too difficult to be reviewed. I'm glad... There, there are those type of people that are like, you know, wow. th this game gets knocked because it is too difficult. Which is like, that's a weird justification. I'm just glad that we live in a time now where we are having reviewers who are like, hey... I struggled through this game. It was difficult, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game or I should knock it for that, you know? Well, not only that, but, I mean, the major outlets have, like, a, a plethora of people to choose from to do their reviews. So you're going to choose someone to review this game that is familiar with the, the genre and, and the, the systems and, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But sometimes those people are swamped doing another review, you know, and who knows? It can happen. True. Yeah. Not always perfect, yeah. Uh, the last thing real quick, so Windows Central, who notified us of the all-digital edition of the Xbox One S, recently got product photographs for the product that they revealed through leaks, and uh, it's assumed that it's going to be revealed at April's Inside Xbox, and the other additional documents show that it's probably releasing on May 7th, um, which we knew is probably going to release in May. Uh, May 7th is actually good because it's a full month before E3, right? As opposed to like the end of the May and it's a couple of weeks. Um, the console will feature a one terabyte storage uh, hard drive, which is important considering it's all digital. Um, and yeah. it, the documents also say it's going to have the lowest RRP, which is recommended recommended retail price, of all current Xbox One consoles. So they made it a point to say Xbox One, not just Xbox One S, because the pricing there could be different, obviously, if you're buying the VCR. Um, and the console is also going to include a digital copy of Forza Horizon 3, Sea of Thieves, and Minecraft. The three games, which is also uh, huge. No uh, information on whether or not it'll include some type of Game Pass offer. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a one-month card in it. That's just me speaking. That's not what they said in the article. Um, and lastly, the information they stated suggests that this product is aimed at mostly uh, platform newcomers and that they're focused on traditional consoles with disk drives for next-gen. It seems like in this stuff, they just want to make it clear like, hey... We're not moving away from disk drives. This is just in the family of consoles. Um, Interesting. I think having the three games including is, is awesome. That's already built in value. Uh, April reveal, May release. 
like we said before, it makes sense they want to get this console out before they start talking about next gen that's going to release next year. Um, and the lowest RRP is also something we speculated considering people forget the Xbox had the Blu-ray drive, which the PlayStation 4 doesn't. So pulling that out is also going to knock down more dollars than a normal disc drive would. So anything you guys want to talk about this? Any feelings about this console? Any of these rumors? So there's think a is, correct leak on this? Uh, these are all like, obviously take it with a grain of salt, but these are like internal documents that they received. So much so internal, Jordan, that the product photographs they received, they actually had somebody on their staff recreate them in Photoshop because uh, if you know, like internal documents usually have like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, watermarks? Watermarks. And you can tell kind of who leaked it. The person who gave them the information asked them to not use it because of the watermarks. And Windows Central are the ones that have, like, they've leaked so much stuff about the Xbox. Like, their sources are really solid. Gotcha. Yeah. This is pretty much like, yeah, it's happening, but we, it is a rumor, you know. So. But I'm saying there was a leak. Didn't we talk about, we talk about a lot of leaks here. We talk about a lot about upcoming Microsoft versions of consoles somebody talked about this before right basically the same situation right these these guys talked about it this is they talked about the april reveal the may release the new information we have is right the terabyte the games the lowest rrp that stuff but it is the same people that originally leaked it like you thought they were the ones that told us okay. yeah they're announcing it in april it's coming out in may same guys okay just making sure that this is the same um kind of through line. line yeah of the leak yeah uh dom anything you want to say or you think this is all happening all true yeah it makes sense uh i think it's smart to call it all digital edition just to avoid any possible confusion of like you know you buy your kid the xbox but then like realize it didn't have the disc drive man and be a problem <laughs> if this thing is anywhere between 150 and 200 like plus game pass it's a steal for people yeah. you know it's it's okay, gonna so be crazy. It's gonna be the lowest, so that means it's got to be under three hundred. So under two fifty. Yeah, it's got to be under at most. This thing will yeah. cost two hundred. This is two fifty. Yes. Yeah, and you often less on sale too. They're often like two twenty five to two oh nine ninety nine some something with like that. games and shit. Yeah. Yeah. the The highest price for this, if it is what they're saying, the lowest RRP, it'll at the most be two hundred dollars shorted. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But who knows? 150 would be crazy. We'll see. Um, lastly, let's get to... 199. It's it's locked and loaded. <laughs> Speaking of crazy, so Google revealed Stadia. We all weren't sure what this Google Keynote was going to be. Is it the future of gaming? Are they releasing their console? Uh, we were actually pretty correct in our predictions. We thought it was going to be something included on uh, Google Chrome, uh, Chromecast. That is true. Um, mm. Let's get into some of this information. I want to... We're running long, so I want to get through all the information, and then at the end, we'll have a discussion about our thoughts on Stadia, okay? So, Google revealed Stadia, the new name for their project stream service at their GDC 2019 keynote. Uh, features one-click play from any link or YouTube video annotation. Uh, seamless screen-to-screen -screen experience. We saw that demoed on stage, although there's some questions there that we'll get into uh, about how uh, seamless it was. Uh, we'll support 40K FPS at launch, uh, but currently, obviously, 1080p, 60, and they're future-proofing for... Wait, 
4K 60 FPS, right? Yes, at launch. You said 40K FPS. It's a lot of Ks. Yes. Uh, I misspoke. Four, four, I did say 40K. Just making sure. Just yes. ironing out that detail. For and you. people know. There's no such thing as 40K yet. Uh, 4K 60 FPS, 1080p 60 FPS, and they're future-proofing for 8K. Um, they revealed the Stadia controller, which looks like a hybrid between the Xbox One and PS4. They're... Hold on. They're future-proofing for 8... Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is yeah. infinitely future-proofed. Uh, Let me just say, our eyes really can't see better than 4K, so I wouldn't advise anyone to buy an 8K TV. My eyes don't care about anything but over 1080p right now. Obviously, we'll all make the move to 4K, and I'll see the difference right now. I could care less. Um, it revealed the Stadia controller, which, like I said, is a, looks like a hybrid between an Xbox One and a PS4. It has the you know the analog sticks, uh, the, the analog sticks of a of a PS4 controller, PS4. Uh, but it has the buttons of an Xbox. It has the X uh, X Y B A or A B. Very interesting to see the parallel analog sticks. Yeah, um, the D pad looks really gross. That's just me inputting that statement. Um, it includes a share button and a Google Assist button. Share button obviously to share to YouTube. Google Assist button. Uh, allows you to push the button, ask a question to Google Assistant, and it'll bring up relevant uh, YouTube videos or search results for your problem. Um, they showed a demo of this of like if you're stuck on a a tomb or part of a game and you're trying to get an achievement or get past the thing, you can say, "Hey Google, how do I get past this tomb?" And it'll show you a solution on YouTube, which is actually really cool. Um, interested to see how quickly that process works. Um, works directly with Stadia. The controller does uh, through Wi-Fi. And they're saying that'll give the lowest latency possible between the controller and the device you're using for Stadia. Um, they partnered with Unreal Engine, Unity, and a bunch of middleware for developers. Um, that kind of stuff was aimed more towards the developer side of things. Uh, Stadia Games and Entertainment was announced, which is their first-party developer. Um, it's led by Jade Raymond. Remember we talked about she was appointed vice president at Google. What did that mean? She's actually the vice president at Stadia, it seems like, and she's specifically leading this team for their first-party exclusives. Um, they stated it's launching in 2019. And uh, lastly, an interesting quote I saw from Matt Piscatella, our boy, the MPD guy. He, he stated on the whole thing, which I kind of agree with him, uh, you got to see the content and monetization models. Not too much to talk about without that detail, to be honest. Because in this whole thing, we didn't see what the pricing was for this, and we didn't see any games at all except for Odyssey. We saw other like demos, and we saw them talk about Doom Eternal, but we didn't see any other games being played. They were just projects that they built to test, you know, Stadia. So. After saying all of that, what I will say, my quick statement on it is, I do think it wasn't a really good reveal of Stadia. I think it was actually kind of poorly handled. I think it didn't do a really good job of telling the average consumer what Stadia is. Um, but I am actually, I think it's a very promising because, Dom might speak to this too, I tried out Project Stream. I know how crazy it is and how good it works. That being said, I also have good internet. Um, so I think it's promising. I think this is something that will pay dividends in years to come. But if anybody doesn't think this is like a premium product, if they think they're going after the average consumer right away, no chance. That's just my thoughts. Really? Okay, I was actually thinking like literally the exact opposite on that. Yeah. Because this is, 
because the the biggest advantage of this is okay one of the biggest advantages of this is the price point is uh, entirely a subscription thing so even if it is 10 bucks a month to be in this service and then another 60 for every game you want or whatever you don't ever have to buy a console so like the entry point is way lower than any you know gaming system has ever been so i think that will attract the more casual audience and you know i mean at least people who already have a chromecast so i guess if you have to buy a chromecast it's 30 bucks or whatever but um, but it's not just chromecast it's your phone your computer right your ipad if you want it on tv you need a chromecast basically right but everywhere else you would you could have it yeah, but that's in if, that case you not would necessarily you could have your tv or your computer plugged into your tv oh that's sure yeah sure good point but but i don't know that's there's two different ways of looking at that i guess because yeah maybe the the subscription will be so expensive that it kind of offsets pretty quickly not having to buy a well, console, that the, could be the case. Yeah. Eurogamer did a piece on this, and they talked about 90% of uh, Americans have a data cap on their internet. Really? That Yes. Much? Shit. That's a huge issue. Um, that's fucked. That's a that's huge fucked. issue in this, right? Because they were talking about... Uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, so forgive Although, me. Although, 90%... Comcast gives you a terabyte of data, and so that's still, still going to be considered... For a month? That's nothing. Yeah, that's not much. A terabyte? Dude, I don't think even with... I go through a terabyte of data a month. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, like, that's not much. You're you're not, like, just average Joe when it comes to... But if you're... But the thing they did... Usage. The thing, though, Jordan, is, like, your Netflix accounts for that... Uh, if you're using a Chromecast, you're likely somebody who uses other apps other than Netflix to watch stuff, right? So that that accounts for that. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think and, it's necessarily detrimental. And also, sure, you could think of a situation where you're just constantly, you know, streaming this Stadia game stuff, and it's fucking up your data data usage, or you know, maybe you just play it every now and then. Maybe it's not like. Maybe you're casual about it. Maybe you have other ways to play games. You know, it's not necessarily that you're going to be just raking in terabytes of data usage every month for Stadia. Well, I think so Jared, Eurogamer said that for every. I think it was like every 35 minutes of 4K streaming, you use 7 gigs. I think is what yeah, they said. Something like that. It could yeah. add, it could add up quick, especially when ridiculous. you're watching a lot of else. But so, Jared, I have a question. I don't know enough. I, I'm like one of the lucky 10% that doesn't have a data cap. Yeah. So how does it work when you reach it? Do you have to – are you just shut off or do you just get charged a lot for additional uh, gigabytes type of deal? Crazy-ass surcharges. Um, so just a lot of them. And okay. to, yeah, to the point, I've never passed a terabyte – but I've most more often than not, I, I by the end of the month I get you have 50 gigabytes left, you have 75 gigabytes left, so I get very close. Uh, yeah, I just pay not to have the cap because uh, where I yeah, live we don't you don't have a choice. A and I certainly so. I certainly have uh, used more than a terabyte or two in a month. Possibly. We we don't have that option here, unfortunately. Um, what were you asking that the dunk? That that was it. Okay. Yeah. Well, what, well, yeah. What happens after? There's surcharges. So different companies handle it differently. The way Xfinity handles it is like, for every X amount of gigs after, I think it's a hundred gigs after mm-hmm. your data cap, they charge you, like, fifty bucks or something. 
And it, it's crazy. Not everybody's going to be streaming this shit in 4K, 60, FPS, yeah, I agree. You know, it's just like, I don't think it's... I just don't think this is... dire, but it's certainly not... Not everybody's going to be doing this. But people in cities, you know, it's certainly viable, I think. I think it's so viable. I'm not saying it's not viable or it's not going to be successful. Like, I don't think it's not going to be successful. I just don't think this thing is going to be... Like, out of the gate, you know, I just don't think it's going to take off as quickly as people assume it will. I, it just, I well, don't see it happening. here's the thing. I don't think the name... Name's awful. Uh, <laughs> the name or is the logo awful. helps. The logo is one of the worst Google logos I've ever seen. It's garbage. It's like almost like a squiggly paint stroke. Well, it's like based a, on a Wi-Fi signal. You can obviously tell that. And I don't think it communicates. Yeah, like a tone shape. I don't think exactly. it communicates what the product is. The name's bad. And then <laughs> Stadia, yeah, like I thought it was Stadia at first. Yeah. And uh, then it, I guess it's like Stadium kind of. Yep. But it's just really bad name, really bad logo. So that's not going to help. And honestly, I came around on the name because I thought it was – I didn't watch the conference actually. I was just like – reading tweets about it so I, I, I read like stadio what that that's a weird name but then like when i learned like oh it's like a uh, plural for stadium or whatever that's actually kind of cool but well, that doesn't communicate weird, anything but. about video games well yeah, sure like, but what I is can, xbox or what i is, think like, you, i think the three of us could probably think of 15 better names in five minutes and think of concepts for logos that would work a but, lot better the thing the thing though dumb is that we have parents who call every console a nintendo we're not talking about mm-hmm. us we're talking about the general consumer if they're scrolling through their chromecast and they see stadia and it looks like a wi-fi logo what are they gonna think it is i'm not it's not the thing yeah, is, is i'm signing negative i'm very positive on the product because dom me and you tried this and it's phenomenal how yeah. well it works and if i didn't try the product i'd probably be a lot more negative about it but i have tried it i do think it's going to be successful I just don't think it's going to be out of the gate, like hit the floor running. Um, and they don't, I don't know if they're, if Google is pushing for that either. I, I think they, they are playing the long game with this as Google has done with a lot of their, their stuff. Um, even like YouTube. It was Project Stream. If they just named it Game Stream and it's like Google Game Stream, that'd be better than Stadia. I think that particular name is taken. I think there's NVIDIA Game Stream. They might own that. I could be wrong. Yeah, but if they just call it, if they put Google in front of it, then it is technically their own. They could say call it Google Game Stream, but then that's like too basic. Right. I think, I think it's a problem of, uh, for me anyways, the name, me not liking name well, but, and the know, logo. Google I think if Mail, Google, all these other Google, Google Play, whatever, it'd be great if they could call it Google Play. To be honest, I would love if if the logo was good, I'd be fine with that. Or if I liked the logo, or if I liked the name and the logo was still whatever. It's just like both of them. I don't. Would like. be funny if they were like, listen, guys. We're going to switch the names around. So this is Google Play now. God. <laughs> and the Google Play Store is actually the Google Store. Man, that's crazy because Google Play would be a great name for it, but it's already taken. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah. – um, but yeah, like I mentioned before, Dom, you and I have played it. It works great. So if anybody's wondering if it actually works or if it's a sham, it works phenomenally. Dom's talked about playing it on his not-so-great laptop. I've talked about how easy it was too. Um, there was questions, though, earlier I mentioned the seamless screen-to-screen experience. If you go back and watch the on-stage demo of him controlling the character on, I think, like, the Microsoft Surface or whatever, there was, like, crazy input lag. Now, who read into that as much as you want? Who cares, really? 
but uh, there was like some crazy input lag. I just think this the is like stats that I watched. I didn't watch their actual presentation. The Digital Foundry. The Digital Foundry, yeah. and they just the general numbers I was seeing for the, uh, you know, like server PCs that they're going to use, and then what they were getting on their latency tests seemed uh, promising at the very yeah. least. Um, I and think looking like you know they're building it from kind of like a next gen standpoint obviously we talked about future proofing with 8k and all that yeah it's just an interesting conversation of like it's going to be hard for not all of us because obviously i think dom's super 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 into this but in the immediate future i don't see this replacing the console experience for me personally oh Um, no yeah um it just it's going to be interesting to see how it catches on i do think it is like people are talking about how psvr is psvr is a religious experience like if you ever get a chance to try it you'll understand how great it is i do think the moment people get to try this they'll be like whoa this is crazy right they'll have that moment like i'm just like nintendo switch already like impressed everyone with oh you're playing on tv and then you just grab it and you're playing on the go just like that i think this is going to be a similar thing that's one of the main selling points is right like you're playing on one tv and then, oh, just snap, and then you're playing it on your phone in the other room or up to the other TV, right? Exactly, and we haven't even mentioned, obviously, there's going to be implications for how Microsoft handles all of this and PlayStation. Right, um, right. Microsoft did a GDC presentation. I don't want to get too much into it, but I want to mention it briefly because it, it relates to this. In their presentation, they ta- their whole thing was focused on um, customizable controls for developers for all of these various platforms, and Microsoft basically said that their whole goal with uh, their streaming service is to make it as developer friendly as possible and they kind of don't even want developers to use their default controls for uh, touch screens for mobile devices like they want to have all of the tools in place so developers can customize it however the hell they want and they showed like these really cool customized touch controls for Forza and a couple of other indie games um, Forza isn't an indie game obviously but their whole mission is that we have a generation of kids who are growing up that actually like the feel of a touch screen more than a controller and if they're going to be it is a truth though abominations burn them with fire it is the truth though and they basically talked about in order to get those people to get into uh google uh, xbox uh what is their thing called project x cloud uh, that they want to make that as easy as possible for developers so they can make the experiences as good as possible on those touch screens. They obviously said you can use a controller okay, and I all that, say, but the the images they showed are really are cool, like human, the customizable nature of the touch controls is really impressive. Sure, but if you are a human being that plays video games and you have a choice over touch screen controls versus a controller and you choose touch screen... You are an abomination, and you should be well, ashamed. These companies don't care if they're abominations. They care if they're putting the money in their pocket. <laughs> you know? I don't care. I'm talking about the individual persons yeah. and how they should feel about themselves. Yeah. They should be wrought with shame. But the, the cool thing there, though, is the customized controls don't all also only apply to touchscreen. If you still can use it, you, obviously you'll still be able to use an Xbox controller, which also gives developers the ability to try different things on different platforms. So that way when you do go from TV screen to uh, iPad to whatever else, the controls can 
can flow in a way that makes sense for that specific display if there is some like weird hang up you know what I mean it's interesting sure especially with you know the streaming future and all that because having it the streaming future having your games work as best as possible on any kind of screen is going to be very important so it makes sense with the seamlessness of it who knows welcome to the streaming future the streaming future that was episode 138 of the controlled interest gamecast do we even need to go over what we're going to be playing we're all going to be Sekiro. playing Sekiro Sekiro in the streaming future you'll hear our impressions um, I don't Honestly, I think maybe next week's podcast, the first half of it, will just be us talking about Sekiro. Because if all three of us are going to be giving our impressions, we're probably going to have a lot to say about it. <laughs> Call a spade a spade, yeah. yeah. A- at least half. Yeah. Can't wait. Sure. Uh, if there is there anything else you guys are going to be playing that you want to mention? I'd like to get around to watching uh, both Arrested Development Season 5 Part 2 and on Netflix, as well as... Uh, is it Love, Death, and Robots? Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, you! I started watching it, Jordan. Good thing you reminded okay. me. For uh, five episodes in, okay. Yeah. In my opinion. Oh baby, I just can't wait for the HDR on this one, Dom. The <laughs> HDR on this one is gonna be dang. Five episodes in. What I will say. Two great episodes. One good one. One eh, and one absolute stinker. The thing is, I know that. Uh, are they all animated in some way? Mm, yes. Some live action? Uh, mixed. Okay. Some mixed. I think I'll be able to at least enjoy, you know, kind of picking apart the, the minutiae of the animations. Yeah, the cool thing is, is like, the ones that have weaker stories, even then they still have animation that's interesting. Um, sure. But there's some there's some gold in those first five. Obviously, I think there's 19. But through the first five, yeah, some gold. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a cool thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, any? Oh, I want to. I'm gonna go see Us tomorrow too. So I'm excited Ugh. about that. What is surely oh, to be man. the best movie of the year? Man, I'm hearing. You think? I'm hearing mixed reviews, which is very interesting. It's. It seems like really? way more polarizing than Get Out. Yeah. I think it's only sitting like an 80 in most places. Oh, I thought it was like. What am I thinking? Rotten Tomatoes. Get like Out. Or Here's the thing, man. All right. Get out's overrated. Oh, I'm going to be closing the show. I don't want to get into this End tangent. It. End <laughs> it. I'm just saying, anyone can see that. It's like the whole like 100% highest rated horror film on Rotten Tomatoes ever. Come on, that's a you can at least admit that's a little much. Well, I don't think it's, it's a enough. great movie. I wouldn't call it a not horror. It's a great movie. movie. In my Is it 100% on Rotten Tomatoes? Good. I don't know about that. Is anything 100%? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> us. We'll see about us. I, you know, props to Jordan Peele. Shout, shout out to Jordan Peele. Yeah, I don't want to like end it on a downer. I'm very excited for us, despite mixed reviews. I'm very excited. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Anyways, that's it. We'll catch you guys next week with episode 139. Going to be covering the MPDs most likely, and uh, I think next week is the 28th so I think PAX is barely starting but I think the 28th is when Gearbox is making some of their announcements so we'll see if Randy Pitchford is fired or not <laughs> what happens there <laughs> um, yeah thank you guys for listening catch us next time follow us on iTunes uh, leave us a review it definitely helps YouTube search controlled interest you'll find us there like the video subscribe hit the bell notification thingy 
It lets you know when our videos get uploaded. YouTube has a weird thing with subscriptions where they don't always show up. Follow us on Twitter at CTRLINT. That's controlled interest abbreviated. You can follow Dom at DomZorios. You can follow Jordan at MellowModus. And you can follow me at Jared underscore. So trying to get to just the Jared. Never going to happen. Catch you guys next time. Bye.